Thank you. 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 Thank Amen, Lord. We want to. We want something to be stirred up in this place. Amen. The Bible says that the Lord spoke to Peter, and He said, "Behold, Peter, I've given to you the keys to the kingdom." And so we have keys tonight. Amen. We have these keys that open up to doors into the Spirit. And you've heard me say it over and over again in multiple ways and multiple times. And the truth is, you have keys in your own life to enter into places into the Spirit of God. And I want to go somewhere. Amen. How many lift your hand to heaven in here, Lord, and said, "Lord, show me how to use my." Keys, amen. We've uh, talked about building a relationship with God and praying and seeking Him in spirit and in truth. And these are truthful statements. And if you'll do them and commit yourself to them, then you will surely draw an eye to God. Amen. And then there's, we have promises, exceedingly precious promises in the Word of God. And the Bible tells us, Lord, that in the day that you seek me, you shall surely find me. It's one of the promises of God. If you guys see anything that the Lord says, He does. And He does doesn't back up on it. Amen. You have to talk to him. Lord, that's what we want to do. We want to seek His face. Lord, for if we can seek His face and draw nigh to Him, He'll move for us. And so I want Him to move for me. I'm going to lift your hand to heaven and say, Lord, we want to see You move in this place. Amen. Sister Andrea, are you going to come and help me? Right? Amen. I was stalling for you. You told me to stall for you. and said, I'm stalling for you. It ain't working now. You're just uh, hanging out back there. <laughs> Jesus. Amen. Oh. I love the Bible. I love the Word of God. I love how it talks to me. Amen. Sometimes I go through dry seasons where it seems like I don't get very much, and then I can open it up one day, and, and it's like every word has such a powerful meaning behind it. Amen. And so the Bible tells us to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman who needeth not be ashamed. Lord, and so I want to seek Him out in spirit and in truth. And then the Bible talks about some things that if you'll set your heart to know them, the Lord will reveal some things unto you. And so I want God to reveal some things unto me. I've got two different things on my mind tonight, and I really don't know which way to go, so the only thing I know to do is try to get into the anointing and then let the anointing just lead me into it. Amen? And that's the way that I know to operate. Amen? Most of my study goes out the window as soon as I walk into the pulpit. Amen? Anybody know what that's like in here? So, that's how it normally works for me, is I have to get into the anointing first and figure out which way the Spirit wants to move, which way God wants to move. You know, very few times has God given me a message and then let me go right into the pulpit and preach it. Very few times. Most of the time I'll study, I'll, mean, I'll read my Bible, I'll pray, I'll work things out, look up the Greek, the Hebrew, go through it, build a beautiful sermon, Brother Travis. I mean, it'll look so good. I mean, it'll look so good. And then stand up and not one word of it come out. And then if I try to get it to come out, all I do is fumble and stumble through it and it's a dry. Everyone's looking at me on it. Amen. Got like tonight. Amen. And so, I'm just kidding. Amen. Oh, and so, Lord, I want to follow the Spirit of the Lord. If I can get into the Spirit of the Lord, the Bible says, deep calleth unto deep. So if I can get into the Spirit of the Lord, then something, amen, that comes out of me, that river of living water, amen, that springs forth out of you, Lord, it'll come out, it'll reach out here and reach down to something deep, into somebody. Each and every one of you, whether you like it or not, are living epistles read of all men. And whether each and every one of you like it or not, you are a preacher of sorts. You may not be 
called to be a leadership preacher or, 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 or the pastor of a church. But in your life, you are preaching the gospel. Whether you like it or not, you're preaching it with your life. You're preaching it with your actions. You're preaching it with your words. You're preaching it with how you treat others. Well, I mean, you are preaching the gospel and how you deal with every situation, Lord, how you talk, what comes out of your mouth. You yes, are preaching amen. the gospel. Amen. And so that should that should both worry you. Amen. And it should encourage you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. To know that the God who saved you, delivered you, and called you out trusts you. Amen. And is using you in this day and time, Lord, to reveal Himself to this world. And so that's why we sing the songs, Lord. Uh, let them see you in me. Uh, 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 oh, God, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Just the songs that we sing, Lord, to let the world know that we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. The Bible tells us to be ready to give an answer to men of the hope that lies within us. Amen. And so I want to be ready to give an answer. And I don't want my answer to be something that I've stumbled through and to stumble through to explain. I want to be able to explain biblically why I know, thank you Jesus, that I'm on my way to heaven. The book of Romans tells us, Lord, it's through our faith in the blood of Jesus. Well, what does the blood of Jesus do? The Bible tells us in the book of Revelations that those who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And so we've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And that it's my faith in that blood. Amen. That has caused me to bring thank you, Jesus. That has brought me to the place of salvation. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us, Lord, uh, that if you believe and repent and call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And so I believe that. Amen. I believe the words of the Bible. I believe what the Lord said. Brother Gene Armstrong and me were talking one time and he told me, he said, I went to an altar and the man opened up the Scriptures and said, if you confess with your mouth, believe with your heart, thou shalt be saved. He said, that's how the man wanted me to the Lord set me down and opened up the Bible and said, this is what the Bible says. Showed him what the Bible says. And he repented and believed and the Bible says that he'd be saved. And he was saved. Left there, Lord, and then the rest is history. And it just got a hold of my heart, amen, to know Lord, that whenever you rely on the Bible and you trust the Bible in your life and you back up what you believe with the Bible, amen, I've had people come to me and say, how do you know God is real? Amen. And you know, and I just look at them and say, well, I just know. Well, that's not an answer. I know He's real, amen, because I... Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. Why don't you lift your hand to heaven in here tonight and say, Lord, we know. We know that You're real, Lord God. We know that You're real, Lord. Amen. Thousands of prophecies have been fulfilled. That's one way. The archaeological digs that they've uncovered, cities, Lord, that shouldn't exist, that they found through study of the Bible and different things. There's some proof right there, Lord. And then if you want some real proof, turn and look at your neighbor. There's proof right there that God exists. Amen. Amen. Go out here and look at the trees. How great green they are. Lord, or stand in the breeze as it blows through. Thank you, Jesus. As it blows through your hair or blows across your bald head. Amen. Amen. Whatever. Just go outside and look at the sun, moon, and stars. Go out and look at the ocean. Amen. Go out and look at the animals. Lord of the fish that swim in the sea. Lord God, the Bible says all of nature does testify of me. Amen. Lord, so when you look at these things, Lord, they testify of a greater glory. I was listening to some atheists talk earlier. They, they walk Bill and I, Bill Nye, uh, uh, I don't know if you, some of y'all don't even know who that is, but Bill Nye, you know, used to be Bill Nye, Bill Nye the science guy, and he's a, he's a nut job is what he is, but they walked him through the ark encounter, and, and the whole time all he did was argue with them over every little thing. Well, how do you know? How do you know this? How do you know that? And finally, the guy got tired of him, and he just said, he said, well, well how do you know evolution? How do you
do you know? How do you know there was a specter? Well, we, we just know. And he said, brother, he said, listen, it takes just as much faith to believe what you're saying as it does to believe what I'm saying. That's what the difference is. I believe in a Creator who shows mercy, grace, love, understanding that wants to have a relationship with me, and you believe nothing. But I believe there's a God in the heavens above who's moving for His people, amen, that He loves us with an everlasting love, that He's called us out of darkness into a marvelous light, that He wants to speak to us, reveal Himself to us, Lord. I heard something in the Spirit this morning as my dad was talking. He quoted something that I've heard a thousand times, a thousand times, Brother Caleb, Lord, that, that, that Moses went up on the mountain and he said, Lord, show me your face. And he says, no man has seen my face and lived. And that struck my soul when he said it. And I thought, Lord, why? Why wouldn't I be able to live? Lord, why would it, why would it cost my life in this earth? Were you saying something deeper? Were you saying something more? Why is it, Lord? And I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I think if you saw the fullness of God, the other and I, we've not yet seen Him in His fullness. Amen. The Bible says there's a new name. Lord, in the book of Revelations, uh, it tells us there's a new name, Lord, that God has not yet revealed unto His people. Lord, and that it will be revealed at the last days. And so I'm looking for that new name. Amen. After this thing is over. And that we'll hear and see some things that we've never seen before, never heard before. And so we have an expectation because of the Bible. We have this plan that God has laid out for us. And He laid it out from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And it repeats itself. Does any, I mean, you all know what I'm talking about in here. The Bible repeats itself over and over and over again. Cain and Abel with the sacrifice. God in the Bible with Adam and Eve with the sacrifice. That the innocent must die for the guilty. Lord, I mean even David. Me and Brother Caleb were talking about this. Even David with his baby. The innocent having to die for the, for the guilty. Lord, over and over and over again. Lord, God, even Job. God wouldn't let the sheep, Lord, be, be taken by the devil. No. But He consumed Him Himself with His own holy fire out of heaven. Amen. Lord, He wouldn't let the devil touch the sacrifices. Lord, I mean over and over again throughout the Bible. The Bible is repeating something to us. It's repeating to us the plan of salvation for one. The plan that God had in place for salvation. But then, amen, the plan of His return is also revealed. And that encourages me. Something happened to me one day when I went to studying out, Lord, the return of Jesus and what I thought about it. Not what somebody told me. Not what I read in, a, uh, in some somebody's theological study. Lord, not what, uh, what I heard somebody preach to me. It was more than that. I wanted to know for myself. Amen. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all other things will be added unto you. And then the Bible says, Seek out your own soul's salvation in fear and trembling. I heard my dad say it last night. Lord, he said he got he, he told very he told the truth. Lord, you're not going to be able to stand up in front of the devil and say, I adore you by the Jesus that Brother Tom preaches. Or I adore you by the Jesus, Lord, that Brother Mike Shreve preaches, or Mike Free, or Aaron Free. If that's not going to work, you're going to have to know him for yourself. For the Bible tells us that those who do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And so that tells me something. That lets me know. Amen. Lord, 
that the closer I get to Him, the more understanding I get of Him, that a strength comes into me, and then through that strength, exploits are brought forth. And it doesn't necessarily say what type of exploits. Lord, the Word is kind of vague. It could mean many things. It could be miracles, signs, wonders. Lord, it could just be works. Setting a tent, building a church. Lord, just how mean, just anything. But it will. Those who do know their God shall be strong, and they will bring forth exploits in their life to glorify God, that lift Him up, amen, and cause this world to see Him in a mighty way. And so when I went to seeking out the plan of God, what was His plan, and what was my interpretation? And when I went to look, all of a sudden I began to see some things that I'd never seen before. And I, and I thought, Lord, where is this coming from? And then I saw the mercy of God from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Shabbat Lord, and then I saw, Lord, that we're not just bumbling along. We're not just stumbling along through this thing. But the God of heaven has taken us by His Spirit, by the hand, and He's leading us, amen, to an expected end. And it's up to you to find out your place in the plan of God. For that's what Paul said in Philippians 3, is it not? He said, I, he said, I would, all of this, I counted as dumb, I counted as lost, that I might win Christ Jesus and be found in Him. That God has a place for you in His plan. And it's up to you to find out where it is. It's not for me to tell you. I have, I've had people come to me trying to trap me, most of them, trying to get me to tell them, oh, tell me, Brother Aaron, what do you think I'm called to do? What do you think I'm called to do? I can't get God to talk to me. What do you think I'm called to do? What does just, just tell me. Just tell me. Lord, that's a dangerous game. I don't want to tell any of you nothing. You need to hear from God for yourself. Right. Amen. 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 I walked around telling everybody that's called to break. You're called to pastor. You're called to pastor. That's the problem we have right now. Right. Too many people, people think they're called to pastor. Can't even stand up and hold an intelligent thought. Amen. Me included. Amen. <laughs> so, here we are. But God's got this plan that His Spirit is bringing to an expected end. And you're in His Spirit. You can't get out of it. You, oh man, you hear that? You can't get out of it. The world can't get out of it. You can't get out in the world and get lost in it. You say, oh, you're stepping on Calvinism. I don't care. Oh, I get tied up and all that. Lord, I just know this. You, you can't sneeze without God knowing about it. But there ain't nothing going on out there. Something happened. He slipped one bomb. Brother Caleb slipped. That slipped. Oh, man, that slipped, Willie. Brother Caleb. He done slipped one by on God. God didn't know he was down there doing that. Amen. No, it don't happen. God sees it all. He knows it all. He understands it all. We do live and move and have our being in Him. The very air that you breathe, whether we like it or not, whether this world likes it or not, is infused with the Spirit of Almighty God. The very food you eat, whether you like it or not, Lord, was was manifested in the Spirit of God. You say, how do you know? Because in the beginning, the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the deep. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. And so that tells me, Lord, that we're living and moving and having our being in Him and that all this is held together. Not by magic, not by gravity. Lord, not by the things that this world thinks hold it together, but you're being held together by the power of an Almighty God. Lord, the only reason you can have the same thought in your head is because God put it in there. Amen. He established these things, Lord, in the beginning, Lord, and there's no way to move from them. Amen. And so I'm standing in Him, standing in His 
word, standing in his plan, Lord. The Bible tells us that it's so easy that a child could understand it. Lord, but then we get into the world and next thing you know, men like to meddle. They like to meddle with things. Amen. I do. If I, see, if I see something cool, I like to go look at it and poke around at it and see how it works. I just do. I like to know how it works. I like to see neat stuff. I like to meddle in stuff. And that's exactly what happened with the Bible. With the Bible. We see God's Word working, coming to pass. Let me go look at that thing a little closer. They got to battle in it. Next thing you know, Lord, they're coming, with all kind of, coming up with all kind of stuff. I mean, just all kind of stuff. Stuff just out of the air. And so that's what happens. People go to meddle. But God has ways. My dad was talking about this morning. He has ways. And the Bible says that His ways are past finding out. Amen. They're past it. doesn't say they're impossible to find. Thank you, Jesus. The only way for you to know the ways of the Lord is He has to invite you into them to know them. He has to invite you into them. You say, how do you know? Well, because the Bible tells us so. Chapter 15 of Matthew is one place. He tells them, they say, they, they come to and said, your disciples are eating with unwashed hands. So they're eating corn. They was walking through the corn, peeling corn and eating it, I guess. I don't know. I never eat raw corn before, so right off the stock, that'd be pretty rough, yes, man. But I guess they were. But uh, they, they, they claim there was some kind of way you warm it up in your hand by spinning it back and forth. I don't know. That sounded crazy to me. And so, but they were. And, and the Pharisees who were with them got mad and said, they're eating with unwashed hands. Why do they transgress the laws of the elders? That's exactly what they said to Jesus. And Jesus said, why do you teach men to transgress the laws of God? Right. Amen. And he said, for, for because you teach the traditions of man, your worship is in vain. Which means empty, pointless, no reason for it. There's nothing to it. Why? Because you built on something, Lord, that isn't in God. And then the Lord goes on to explain, for the doctrine that I preach unto you is not mine own, but His that sent me. And the way you know the doctrine of God, Jesus said, is, is that any man would do the will of God. The doctrine, God's ways, would be revealed unto him. Amen. And so, God has to propose something to you for you to be able to enter into the type of relationship where He can reveal His ways unto you. Amen? And so there's no way, Lord, that you can press into it. You can't study enough to find out. You say, how do you know that? Because I know homosexuals who can quote more Bible than anybody in this room. Lord, and it hasn't helped them one bit. But Lord, I can take a child in here who's had an encounter with the Holy Ghost and maybe read one Scripture and listen to them talk and hear a voice coming out of the John, the Holy Ghost lights upon him like it does. Amen. Amen. Is that the Word of God? 
Amen. He comes up out of the water. The Bible says that the Spirit compelled him. It drew him, compelled him, and drove him into the wilderness. He gets into the wilderness. He's tempted of the devil, which he's not really tempted because the Bible says no man can tempt God. But So he wasn't really tempted. And then he comes out. He overcomes, comes back out. And everywhere he goes, the Spirit is leading him. It's just leading him. I must needs go through Samaria. I only do. That was my father would have me do. I only say that was my father would have me to say. Well, how would he do that? It was the Spirit that was compelling him and leading him. The same one that drove him into the wilderness drove him to Samaria. The same one that drove him to Samaria drove him into Jerusalem. Drove him to the cross. Amen. The plan of God had to be fulfilled. There was no way around it. And the Spirit of God is the enforcer of the will of God. And He's going to bring about everything that the Lord said that He's going to bring about. Which tells me something. Since the very beginning of time, the Spirit of God has been bringing the plan of God, thank you Jesus, to fruition and bringing it to the place where it should be. Which, thank you Jesus. I mean, there is no doubt about it. God's Spirit is totally in control of this thing. Thank you, Jesus. Which should comfort you to know because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And the same Spirit that is in you is the same one that is orchestrating this great plan of God that doesn't just encompass Haven of Rest or Full Gospel House of Prayer in Cleveland, Tennessee, but encompasses the whole world. That our God is so mighty and so strong that He is orchestrating this great plan that encompasses the whole world. And the devil is doing his best to hinder, to stop, to prevent, to bind up, to slow down, to try to cause it to fail. But you cannot contend with the Spirit of God. Amen? You cannot overcome Him. So, Lord, when you look at your life and you look at the things going on and the things that are taking place, Lord, you ought to be able to look and say, no matter what state I am, I am in, I find myself therefore to be content. Amen. Why? Because God is with me. God is for me. He said He would never leave me. He said He would never forsake me, but He would go with me, even always, unto the end. And so the same God, Lord, who compelled Him and drew Him out of the wilderness and moved Him, Lord, is moving your life and moving it to places, Lord, 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 Lord. He knows your thoughts afar off. He knows the decisions you'll make before you make them. Lord, He knows whether you're going to get a McDonald's mint chicken or a double cheeseburger. Lord, or He knows if you're going to stop before you get home. He knows what you're going to say before you say it. Lord Jesus knew their thoughts afar off. Afar off. He knew knew the thoughts before they'd get there. And it's the same thing with you. So the Spirit of the Lord, you are living and moving and having your way in Him right now. And He's bringing you to a place. And and, 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 and this 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 is, I think, this is me personally. I think this is the trap of the enemy. To try to convince you that your life is out of control. That's right. To try to convince you that everything that's happening to you is a mystery and that God is missing it and doesn't see it. To try to convince you to make you feel uneasy that you cannot trust God with your life. Thank you, Jesus. That is the goal of the enemy. To try to convince you that that you cannot trust God fully with your life. That just at any moment, that don't, you don't, 
I don't know if y'all will know this, but I watch, we watch Ellen. We had her, we had her on the edge of the bed, and she'd be acting all wild on the edge of the bed. And Andrew, I what we did the other night on the truck. We put her on the hood of Brother Caleb's truck, and Josh stood on one side, Brother Caleb stood on the other, and I stood, I stood there at the front of the hood while she crawled around on his hood. And each one of us was ready at any moment because we can't trust her. We couldn't trust her. At any moment, she'll leap off the hood. She's done. She's tried to do it on the bed. She's tried to do it at home. You just can't trust her. So you got to keep a hand on her or get close to her. Well, Lord, that's how we treat God in our hearts. That's how we've treated Him. Like at any moment, we got to take control back. Like any moment, we've got to make the decision. Like at any moment, we've got to be the one, Lord. Lord, like just, like, I don't know, God. I don't know about this situation, Lord. I don't know about this. I don't know where you've got me going. I don't know where you've got me doing what you've got me doing. I don't know if I step out here and go and begin to try to run or do something for you. I may fall flat on my face. Yeah, but the Spirit of the Lord may come upon you before I may see the dead may raise, the dead may Lord Jesus may hear, the dumb may talk, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus. We're coming to a time right now where God is doing away. He's doing away with that, that feeling. Let me tell you where it stems from. It's not, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's uh, untrustworthiness comes from a lack of, uh, 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 of, of, of knowledge of it. For the closer you get to him, the more you trust him. Amen. I trust Andrea. I, this is going to, this is kind of funny, but I, I, we've been together long enough now. I know that when she leaves the house to go shopping, she ain't going to go to berserk. She ain't run up a credit card yet, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Whew, thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 And she's thinking about it right now, though. Like, <laughs> she's thinking, you don't know about them other ones I got. I'm just kidding. No. But I, I trust her. I trust her. I can't hand her my wallet. I can't hand her my phone. Or if you can't hand your phone to your spouse, something you need to check your heart. And the spouse needs to be very concerned. Amen. Amen. Ain't that the truth? Lord, she says, let me see your phone. I said, here you go. I said, let me see your phone. She says, let me send this last text. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She don't do that. <laughs> she says, you got your own phone. That <laughs> sounds like my mom and dad. But sure enough, I trust her. I trust her. I've gotten close enough to her to know, Lord, that if she leaves the house... And, and, and go and says, I gotta go get some shoes, or I gotta go this or go get that. That she's not gonna come back with an eight hundred dollar bit shopping bill. That she's she's I figured out that she's reasonable. I can trust her. I can trust her not to break the bank. I can trust her not to put us in major debt. Amen. I can trust her. Well, it's the same. That's that's the relationship that I want with the Lord. Amen. I want to come to a place of trust with Him, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. Amen. And then I've asked myself many times, Lord, I know that You're trustworthy. I know that You are. I know in my heart that You are. I know in my mind that You are. But something down in me fears that if I step out, You may just You You may not move for me. Amen. Right. Something in me. I can feel the Holy Ghost moving on through here. Something in me fears, Lord. Something in me says, but what if? What if I'm wrong? I mean, I'm telling you, I can feel the Holy Ghost burning like fire through here. You know about something like that. What if? What if, God? 
what if? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The only way I know to remedy that, Brother Tom, is, is, to, is to get into His presence as often as I can and stay there and keep my mind upon Him and focus on Him. I mean, every hour of every day that I can give to Him. Thank you, Jesus. It's the only way that I know to break that fear. To get that, that feeling of what if, what if I step out, what if I, what if I prophesy and it falls to the ground? I will sit or guarantee the problem fall to the ground. What if, what if I, what if I, what if I pray for this one and they don't get healed? What if I jump up and say, be healed in Jesus' name and they don't get healed? Thank you, Jesus. Like my dad. Standing in that in, in that meeting and, and that he preached on the other night, jumped up and said, "Yay, yay!" And mine went blank. The woman said, "Yay, yay!" Because I asked desire this kid. Something got a hold of me. There's a super. I, I like that supernatural faith. I like it, and I wonder. I don't. I, I'm not sure that the human, that man, has the ability. I don't. I'm not sure that as a, as a fleshly body. Without the Spirit of God, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure a man can trust God for it. Without the Spirit of God, I don't believe it's possible. I just don't. And so, and, and so that tells me that I've got to get more of it. You say, I don't know if there is more of it. Well, I've got, I've got a little, I've got a little idea. The Bible says in the book of Acts that Peter being filled with the Holy Ghost, and then the Bible says that that Stephen being full of the Holy Ghost, once filled, once full. And Peter, when he spoke, uh, 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 they beat him and sent him and John away. But Stephen, when he spoke, the Bible says that his face shone as an angel's. And his words cut him to their heart. And they ran upon him and gnashed upon him with their teeth and beat him with their fists, took him out to a hillside and stoned him to death. And something was on him and something was in him that was so strong that when he looked back at the people who were throwing stones at him, beating him, biting him, tearing him, and he said, lay not this sin to their charge. But have mercy on me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel that rolling in my spirit. Thank you, Jesus. See, how do we get there? 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 Some of it's ordination. Some of it's ordination. I, I, don't, I don't like that word, Brother Tom. I hear people throw that word around too much. God, it, it bothers me. I don't like the word ordination so much. Uh, it just bothers me. And at one, it implies, uh, 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 well, I just don't like it. I like it when God's involved. I don't like it when I'm involved. Amen. Amen. I don't like it when I'm saying the word ordination. I like it when I see the ordination. And I go, oh, God's doing this. Amen. But I don't like it when people try to put God on something and we're not sure that He's really on or not. Amen. Amen. So, so, here, here we are, the book of Acts. The Bible tells us something. The Bible tells us Peter walked out one day, and, and after he's preaching, he's preaching this, he's following the will of the Spirit of God, he's following the Spirit, and he's doing the best that he can, and he, here he is, and, 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 and something happens. Peter and John are beat for the gospel's sake. They go back. And they tell they, they tell him, they said, we have been found worthy to be beat for the gospel's sake. All we were doing was preaching Jesus and lifting Him up. And they said, we've been found worthy. And, 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 and somewhere in all of that was Stephen. And Stephen saw these men. 
And he saw them not glorying in riches, not glorying because they showered him with money after they raised up a crippled man, not, not because Peter stood up and said, that's right, we raised this man up. No, in fact, Peter wouldn't even take any of the glory over himself. He said, think, look not on us and think not that we have done this of our own power, but it was through our faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that this man hath received his healing. And so he pointed everything back towards Jesus. And then they come back after being beaten, bloody, and then rebuked. And said, we've been found worthy to be beat for the Gospel's sake. We've been found worthy and rejoiced. And the Bible says that revival broke out and 3,000 more were added to the faith that day. And then, amen. and then, Stephen goes out being emboldened by what he seen and what he heard. Being emboldened Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The Bible said that He spoke more, more boldly. That He preached more boldly. And He began to preach until until they came and got Him. Maybe He thought He was going to be beat, just beat. Maybe He thought they would just beat Him. Did He know they were getting ready to stone Him and kill Him? Did He know that He was going to get so anointed till His face was going to shine with the glory of God and they would think that He was an angel come to minister to Him? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I mean, I'm going to shove up to Baha'i. There's something, Lord God. I want to get a hold of something, Brother Travis. I, I like my anointing. I like what God's given me. I'm not downplaying it. I like it when I get anointed. I like the my, I like the deliverance comes around. I like the anointing that God's given me. I like that I can get into it and I can use it and operate in it. I like that, Lord. But I see something more in the Word of God that I've never walked in. And I'm at the Baha'i that I've never seen for myself. Yep, at the Baha'i. Lord, I see something. And I'll read about Moses going up on the mountain and coming back down and I had to veil his very face because he'd been in the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus. Something that came upon him, Lord. Amen. That cut into their hearts and convicted them so much. Lord, I mean, thank you, Jesus. He said, how do you get there? Moses got there by spending time in the presence of Almighty God. Lord God. Stephen got there by listening and watching and seeing. Lord, if I lift Jesus up and spend time in His presence. Lord God, that something will come upon me and I'll be found worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, maybe I'll be found worthy to be beat for the Gospel's sake. Listen to this. we got a friend over in India, Brother Raju. Sister Penny and David Smith. They call them, they call them their son. You know, you remember? Brother Raju, their son. I think that's funny. He's a 50-year-old man. So, and, 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 and so, Sister Penny and Brother David, they bring him over here to America. He loves it over here. I mean, obviously. He, he, they, we, they eat rats. But, that we know of. Amen? We call them chicken nuggets at McDonald's. So, amen. amen. But, Brother Raju, they put a tent up in downtown India just a while back. And, and, and to preach, you know, foreigners are not allowed to preach Jesus in, the, in India. Nowhere there. You're not allowed to go over there and preach Jesus. You have to be accompanied by another minister and you have to preach Jesus. If you're a foreigner, you have to preach it in secret. You're not allowed to get up and preach and reveal and, and try to preach Jesus on the street. So Brother Raju had a little tent up. It wasn't nothing like a 40 by 40. And they had 1,500 people showing up and coming out and listening to him. And he was on his way down to the tent. And some of the local uh, uh, Muslims and some of the local uh, Indians who believed other stuff come out and met him in the street on his way to the tent. This just happened uh, at the, uh, the middle of last year. 
And they come out and met him in the street. And they said, we're going to kill you if you go back in there and preach this Jesus. We're going to beat you. You're not allowed to preach that Jesus around here anymore. You're causing too much trouble. And Brother Drazu, he said, all right, well, I guess get to it. He said, this meeting starts in 15 minutes. He said, go ahead and get to it. He said, maybe you'll be done beating me by the time to go in here. And they said, you're not, you're, do you not understand? We're going to beat you. And he said, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. He said, but I've got a meeting that starts in 15 minutes. And he said, they're already waiting for me to get in there. He said, go ahead and start beating. Just go ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Shout out to my Thank you, Jesus. Lord, something. Thank you, Jesus. He said, what are you talking about? I see something that comes upon a man. In the middle of a moment, Lord God, Lord, thank you, Jesus, where he excels and exceeds what is in himself. And they don't think about Tamahiah. It's not by flesh and it's not by blood. It's not by might and it's not by power. But it's by the Spirit of Almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. And the only way to get into it is to get into it. Amen. Lord of Ahia, by getting into it over and over and over and over again and drawing nigh to Him. And as you go, just like Stephen, something comes upon you. <coughs> just comes upon you. Watch. This gets a hold of my heart. Sister Andrew was reminding me of this out in the car. Preach a message on David. And David, David didn't look like he, uh, he, he, he was out he was out running from Saul, hiding in caves. He had 600 people come and join him to him. Bandits, robbers, uh, they owed debts, Lord, murderers, all sorts were gathering around David. And I could see David. There's some of them men. There's some of them men who did, they called him David's mighty men, 40 mighty men. One of them men defended a pea patch from like 1,200 or 1,300 uh, enemy soldiers and killed them. And killed them all day long until his sword played to his hand. Another one killed two Moabite men like lions. I don't even know how a man could be like a lion, but they said they were. They were like lions. Some kind of monstrous men. And then, and then another one plucked the hand out of a giant or plucked the spear out of a giant's hand. Another, another couple of them killed giants Killed, killed uh, brothers of, of Goliath. Others killed, killed four and five hundred men at a time. Another one plucked the, hand, plucked the staff out of the hands of an Egyptian, which I don't know how that's a mighty feat. I guess the Egyptians must have been real good with staffs. That's what it sounds like. And these mighty men, the closer, the, the ones who were further up, had done mightier feats than the ones before. And, and, and these were the men who were in the wilderness with David when he was running from Saul. And I've, I've oftentimes wondered, how did they get to that place where they did these feats? Brother Trevor, we may be bad, but are you kill 1,200 Philistines in a day, Matt? You know what I mean? I mean, that'd be pretty tough. Or you, you fight two Moabitish men like lions tough? Are you walking through the cold day? Well, on a split snow on the ground, hear a lion growling in a pit bad. Jump down in there with the lion. No. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Why didn't he say, God has delivered me from this line? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it's the truth, ain't it? And walk on by. Just walk on by. Lying ground in the pit. Ooh, yeah, right, yeah. 
Just come get some rump rush. Amen. That's all he's going to see whenever he sees me because I'm going to be running the other way. Amen. Amen. Ooh, fast food. Praise God. <laughs> Your face is really funny. I can see it. This is what I, I can see. It, man, I can see David. I can see it. Sitting around the fire in the cave. Said these mighty men gathered around him. No, just tell him, Sister Angelica. Just look at him and say, well, you know, fellas, no, they, they didn't just sit around. No, you know, these people talked. They talked. We don't have record of every conversation, but they talked. They didn't just sit around and look at each other. In a cave. <laughs> nice beer. No, they talked, and I could see, in my mind's eye, I could see, I've meditated on this thought about it. I could see David sitting amongst his mighty men thinking, Barnum tells a story, I robbed somebody, and that's how I got here. I said, yeah, you know, I, I, I murdered him, that's how I got here, I'm running from them. I couldn't get to a city of refuge, they were cutting me off, I had to come out here. I heard David was gathering in, so I come out here, yeah, you know, I, I, I stole from my father and mother, that's how I got here. And I was just sitting around fire, David said, you know how I got here? A lion came, and I was watching my father's sheep, and tried to snatch one of the sheep up, and I smote it and killed it. They said, you smote it? How? With the sword? Do you have armor on? With a spear? No, the word smote literally means an open hand slap. He smote a lion and killed it. That's what the Bible says. And he smote that lion. An anointing come upon him to defend them lambs, to defend the sheep. God. Golly. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And, he's, and then mighty men are looking at him. Looking at each other. You smote it. Yeah. You had my sheep. I was getting my sheep back. So, so, what else happened? Well, you know, time went by. A bear came. Did you run? Well, no. What'd you do? I smote it too. What happened? It died too. They're looking at each other. You hear this kid? You hear this guy? You hear this psycho? This guy's a nut. There ain't no way that happened. And then, and then, he's, then he gets to the nation. So, so how did you get? How did you end up here? That don't tell us how you ended up here. David said, "Well, I went down one day because the Philistines had gathered against the armies of, of Israel, and I went down to bring some stuff to my my brothers, and, and a big giant come out and it had a spear the size of a weaver's beam. They're looking at each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about this guy, David." heard about that. I heard about this. Saul, Saul has slain his thousands. David has slain his tens of thousands. You know, we sing it. And they get out there, and, and, they're, and he's listening. And I got out there. Next thing you know, he said, uh, something come upon me, and I seen the armies of the Lord, and I seen them in fear, and an anointing come upon me. Something happened. There was a cause to go down and fight, and something got a hold of me. How about some he said, I picked up five stones, but I only needed one. Thank you, Jesus. And I went down, and he said, Who he said, he said, that Philistine went to talking trash. Said, Who am I, a dog? Did you send a child out against me? The Philistines probably thought it was planned. After he slew Goliath, I think the Philistines probably thought, if, if a child can do that, what are the men going to do to us? Probably scared them. That's probably why they ran. The Bible says they slew them all the day long. 
Right. David said, I cranked my sling, slew Goliath, and you can see these men sitting in this cave listening to him. Listening to him talk about the feats and the wonders that God wrought yes. in David's life. Amen. And some that, thank you, Jesus. And they, at, at the time, they just thought, well, these are just stories. But then they got in a situation where an army's coming against a man who was given a pea patch. Where a man's walking through the snow in a cold day and here's a lion ground in a pit. Where a man comes against an Egyptian lord who's unbeatable with a staff and plucks his staff out of his hands and kills him with it. Where he can come across two Moabitish men and another one says, something rises up in him and says, if David can whip the bear, if David can whip the lion, if David can take down the lion, then surely the same God who's with David is with me and I can overcome just like he can overcome. I'm telling you, Lord, I'm going to have him. Lord, you have to be right in here. What the Spirit is saying to the church, God is talking to His people. Lord, even now, Lord, something is being stirred up. The Word of God being preached to you under the anointing is placing something in your heart and in your life until you rise up at the time appointed and overcome. You say, how do you know? Lord, because He overcame the world and He's placing you the hope of God. Thank you, Jesus. The badder the men were, the closer they got to the king. Thank you, Jesus. Until then, 40 mighty men would circle David in battle. And just, to, and just to, now, David was a pretty bad guy himself, obviously. God wouldn't let him go down, wasn't going to let him go down. So then he's broke through one time and got too close to David. David killed them all. But it made his men nervous. Although, whew, I was a little too close for comfort. And that's when they begged David to stay home. But David, we, 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 we fear that we, we may lose you. You're too important. You stay home. We'll do your fighting for you. But the closer, they got, the closer you got to the king, you found the fattest of them all. Thank you, Jesus. Which tells me something. I don't you. I want to get closer to the king. Thank you, Jesus. For God's got stories. God's got things he would say to you that eye has not seen and ear has not heard. And he would thank you, Jesus. He wants to speak to his people so bad. He wants his people to be able to hear so that he can put something down inside of them. Thank you, Jesus, that would rise up in the moment that it was needed so that they would overcome. Thank you, Jesus. And that's what the Lord's doing to you. That's what the anointing is doing to you. The anointing destroys the yoke of bondage off of your life and off of your neck. It destroys the yoke of unbelief off of your life. Thank you, Jesus. Because every time you get into the anointing, thank you, Jesus, and get into the presence of Almighty God, things are being broke off of your life. Things, Thank you, Jesus. The limits that you would place on yourself are being removed under the presence of God. You say, how do you know that, Lord? Because have you, have you not been in some of these revivals and this tent revival? so far, Lord, and felt and, and done something you've never done before, looked at someone near you weeping or crying and heard a voice say, pray for them. You pray for them. I have. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I heard it. And we heard it. Me and Brother Chris used to travel together. Me and Brother Chris were in, in, in Johnson City, Tennessee. And we've been praying for miracles, signs and wonders, fasting for it, seeking God for it. And Brother Chris had scoliosis in his spine and God healed him at Keith Nixon's youth camp when he was a kid. 
straighten it up in, in, in a moment, just one moment. Right back with the cracking and popping, and it's straight right up. They tested him, no scoliosis, nothing in it. Years went by, me and him were traveling together. He told me the story. I said, that's unbelievable. And he said, I know it, but it happened. I said, well, man, I've always been of the opinion that if God heals you of something, that He gives you power over it. I said, well, let's see if we can't call for back trouble and God heal them. And he said, he said, well, let's try it. We got in service, called for back trouble, 24 people lined up. Well, it was that, and there was only 25 people in the whole church. <laughs> My God, there's some serious back trouble in here. Amen. Amen. So, so they lined up. We, we prayed for the first one. It's a Church of God church. So, you know, we, when you pray for them, they fall out. Church of God likes to fall out. Amen. And so uh, we did. Pray for them. Pray for that first one. And then she woo, fell out on the ground. And I didn't even have a hold of her long enough to figure out if God healed her or not. She just fell out. I thought, well, okay. So we grabbed the next one. I prayed for her. We, Chris on one side, I'm on the other. We prayed for her. And the next one falls out. Woo! Praise God. Falls out on top of the other one. I'm like, my God, what's going on here? So either either we're really anointed, or this is or this is just getting out of hand. <laughs> Grab the next one. Woo! Fell over into the pew. This one fell over, sitting down like this. I said, oh, that one didn't want to be a part of the service. Okay. I don't know if they were getting healed or not. So, grab the next one. Woo! Praise God. Fell, danced all over the front and then fell across the pew and covered up with a blanket as I fell. <laughs> My God! That's a miracle in itself. <laughs> you don't know anyone like that, do you? <laughs> Amen. Fall out, fix the dress. <laughs> That's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> He said my dress was up. He said, fix your nose. It's the Holy Ghost. My God. That ain't how it works, is it, Sister Rachel? Does Tom ever fall out like that? No, not even one with dress. No, the dress does Did you ever cover up as you fell? <laughs> we did. Grabbed a hold of the next one. Did the same thing. Woo! Well, I came to the conclusion that I wasn't all that annoying. I just figured it out. I ain't that annoying. I mean, I may be really annoying, but I ain't that annoying. Not that everyone falls out. Up to that point, I've never even had anybody fall out in my ministry. And so I thought, I mean, we just got it tonight. And then after about the seventh one, I started getting suspicious. You know, something's going on here. Well, we finally got to this young kid. He's about 16 years old. And, and, and he come up. And I was tired of him falling out because I only got to pray for just a few seconds and they fall out. And I thought, I don't like this. And so I made up my mind. The next one, I'm grabbing a hold of him. I ain't letting go of him until I'm sure that God is with Well, it's a 16-year-old young man. He said, I, he, said, oh, he said, what do you need prayer for? He said, I've got scoliosis. I said, and I looked at Chris. I said, scoliosis? Like you? And he said, yeah. I said, well, what's, how bad is it? He said, my spine is shaped like a banana. He said, at the, he said, at the top and at the bottom, he said, it's shaped just like that, like a banana. And I said, let me see. And I, we bent him over the pew and jerked his shirt up before I knew what was going on. And I just, I don't know, that something come on, just like David, something come on. And I thought, and while I was doing it, I was going, oh, God, what did we just do? 
It was true like that. <laughs> so, I'm on one side of him, Chris is on the other side, and sure enough, when Brandon, his spine was shaped like that. It's just shaped like that, just shaped like a, like a C. And he said, I said, how long has it been like this? He said, well, I started playing soccer. And he said, it wasn't this bad until I really started playing soccer. He said, once I played, started playing soccer and started working out and stuff, he said, it got worse and worse and worse very quickly. He said, the doctor said, in the next few years, I'll be paralyzed and bound to a wheelchair. I said, God, that's awful. I said, well, well, God can fix it and reached up and grabbed his spine and Chris grabbed the top of the bottom and we went to pull it. I know it. I can feel you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul and jerked and prayed in the Holy Ghost. I listen, after seeing all them people fall out, I made up my mind. The next one's getting full dose. We're gonna find out if God is in this place or not. Either that's the real Holy Ghost slaying them or it's not. And we're gonna find out. The only way I know is to try. So we did. We prayed them and I could feel them just like I felt you. Oh, what are they doing to him? Probably the same thing that happened whenever Peter said, Rise, take up your bed and walk, or, 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 cut, or stand up. Silver and gold have a number, that which I have, such as I have given unto thee. Rise, brother and walk. The Bible says he went into the temple leaping. I grabbed, Chris grabbed, we were pulling and jerking and, 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 and praying in the Holy Ghost. And I felt the spirit back off, so we laid his shirt back down and, and stood him up. And I said, how do you feel? And he goes, well, I feel pretty good. And walked off. And then the line started thinning out after that. For some, for some reason, about that time, we went back and sat down. But I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. I don't know what happened. Blanket lady got up and went and sat back in her boat. What is going on in here? Oh, this is great. Oh, well, sure enough, we, we, we put on the service, and the pastor comes to me after service. He said, well, son, you all did a good job tonight. We just started out preaching. Hadn't been preaching but about seven, eight months. So, well, son, y'all y'all did a good job in here tonight. We're very, we're very happy that you came by and visited with us. I don't remember what I preached. I don't remember what Chris preached. Well, whatever it was, it must have been good. So, he, he told us, that, oh, well, he said, well, you know, maybe we'll let you come back by sometime. I said, well, thank you, sir. We appreciate that. We left. Went down the road. And I said, man, that was a that was a tough meeting. He said, yeah, it was. I said, you see all the people line up with back shoulders? He said, yeah, we sure did. We got we, we had to drive three hours away. We were staying with Dee and Linda. We were in Johnson City preaching. And we had to drive we had to drive about 45 minutes to an hour away to stay with them. And we were going on into North Carolina later. And on the way, when we got there, the pastor of another church who was related to the boy and the man, called us and said, you're not going to believe this. I said, I said, what happened? He said, well, you prayed for my, uh, 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 my, my brother's son tonight. And I said, yeah, we did. He said, well, when they got home, his dad told him, well, son, I'm sorry you didn't get healed tonight, but they tried. And the boy rose up. He said, oh, no, dad, I'm healed. He said, when they went to praying for me and pulled on my spine, he said, fire ran from the top of my head to the base of my spine. He said, I felt fire run down my spine. He said, he said, God healed me. And he said, okay, son, okay. And he said, no, Dad, God healed me. My spine is straight. I know it is. And he said, well, let me say, he lifted his shirt and his spine was straight. The dad got scared that we broke his spine, grabbed him, put him back in the car, run him to the hospital, and made him do x-rays. And run tests. 
And they said, we see no signs that he's ever had scoliosis. Yeah. We don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah, this boy does not have scoliosis. His spine is not going to be straight. Something must have happened. And they called us and said, that's a real miracle, son. They thought, surely something has happened. He said, why did you know to do that? Something came upon me. And something will come upon you in your moment of need. But you're going to have to step in and press in and fight for the things of God in your life. Until you come to a place, Lord, where the Lord will anoint you mightily. Thank you, Jesus. That when the bear comes, you'll smite the bear. That when the lion comes, you'll smite the lion. When the giant rises up, something in you will stand up and you'll say, You cannot defy the name of the Lord. someone here right now. I can feel faith moving through here and tell them you're being healed in the name of Jesus. Be bold! Be bold in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. I dare do something you wouldn't normally do. Thank you, Jesus. 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 We're coming to a place of wild faith. Thank you, Jesus. Our faith has been restrained. We've held back. Why? Because of what if? Thank you, Jesus. What if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if they don't get healed? I'll look like a fool. John the Baptist was the most foolish looking man the Bible ever describes. Probably had locusts hanging out of his beard. Locust legs. Some of them still kicking. We're mixed in with them. That is a mess, man. I don't even know how they ate that stuff. Without silverware. <laughs> Probably didn't have the locust legs in it. It's the only way you can get them down. Right, this honey sure does taste good. <laughs> locust honey snacks on the road. Amen. That's what we're going to get on the way out of here. Cloak of camel skin. Look foolish. Thank you, Jesus. Look foolish, Shabbat Shalom. But the Bible says that all of the law and the prophets until John, all of them, point right at John, pointed right at. Here's all of the law and the prophets until John, all of them. And what did all of the law and the prophets do? Pointed at Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. If anybody has any question at all, Lord, what the law was for, what that old path was about, that's what it was about right there. It pointed to Jesus. Every bit of it. All of the law and the prophets until John. And what did John do? Jesus. Man, I can feel the Holy Ghost. I'm under behind. You see, you're preaching a place you're not at. You're exactly right. But I want to be there so bad. Oh, yes. Yes, I can feel it stirring up in this place tonight. 
I can hear Sister Rachel talking to me this morning. Spring up, O well. Spring up. Spring up, O well of the Holy Ghost. Spring up, O river of living water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly. Not just mine. Not just Brother Tom. Not just Brother Caleb. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I've been praying. I've been praying. I want to be more effective. I want my words to be more effective. I want my. I want. I want to be more effective. Said, so, how, how do you mean? I want. I mean. I truly believe, Sister Brian. I truly believe that when I walk by people, I, that I could get to the place where they're healed. Just shut up. Just heal as I pass by. No. Peter's shadow fell on him, and they threw people out in the street. Pulled him out in the street as he as they knew his path. They knew the path that he would take every day up to the temple. And they'd lay the sick out in the street in anticipation for him just to walk by because they had they'd seen what could be done with a man who had faith in the name of Jesus. They Shabbatier, they'd seen what could be done with someone who walked with him. They saw what could be done with someone who believed. Right. Really believed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. My eyes haven't been blurry all night. But something just come in here. Over top of you. Why don't you reach your hand up. And get a hold of it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. What could be done? Thank you, Jesus. Make me more effective, God. Not that I would want the glory, Lord, but make me like Peter. So I point up and I say, think not that I've done this of my own self. Think not that I did this by my own power, Lord, but it was through my faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was through faith. Faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I can feel faith being stirred in here in this place tonight. I'm telling you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You say, what are you doing? I'm trying to follow the Spirit the best that I know how. I can feel it moving, and I'm trying to move right along with Him, Brother Brandon, and find out which way He's going. Because if I can find out what He wants to do, it'll work. If I try to do something, it may not work. Come on to Baha'i. But if I find out what He wants to do, Lord, Lord, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ain't that right, Sister Paige? If we find out what He wants us to do, It'll move. If you speak into this mountain, if thou canst, if there, uh, amen. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can speak into this mountain and it will be cast into the sea. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm on the behind. I'm looking for more than mustard seed faith. I mean, I'm looking for more than mustard seed faith. Lord, and I know what mustard seed faith will do. Thank you, Jesus. There's something more in there. Faith. Real faith. And the only way you can get there is know you're God. You've got to overcome what if in your heart and in your mind. You've got to overcome it. What if they laugh at me? What if they mock me? 
What if they think I'm crazy? We already think you're crazy. It's okay. I've talked to most of you, Lord God. I pretty well figured you're all. You pretty well figured I am too.